welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, I was just thinking about this this morning. I hear there's some game today. (laughs) But the Lord took me back. And I think when I left high school, I had the hopes of maybe playing professional football, as any high school football player would have that goes on to college. And, uh, But I had a couple teammates that were apostolic. Amen. They started to preach the gospel to me. The oneness of God. Baptism in Jesus' name. And I'm thankful for that. Because it changed my life forever. And my senior year, I broke my leg. And the Lord said, the thing that I felt the Lord say was, this game is not going to be what I do with the rest of my life. And I felt the calling of the Lord at that time but as we all know in our lives sometimes it takes time for that for the Lord's calling to kind of play out what that's going to be and sometimes what we think that calling is going to be isn't always going to work out that way I didn't know I was going to marry a woman from Venezuela and speak Spanish and be involved with Pastor Heideball in Spanish ministry you never know what God's going to do with your life amen but I'm thankful. Just one scripture I want to read. This isn't my message, but I just want to remind us. Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that, I, that, w- that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. If, if we think about as hard as last year was, think there's one thing if you really got it if you really got the Holy Ghost if you really got God living inside of you that you missed the house of God so deeply and when we can be in this house I I really believe that God is is doing something here God is turning up the heat here the preaching has been incredible and I believe that this place is going to be a refuge for souls all around this city amen hallelujah And I I hope today that I can deliver this word because pastor's message, I told him it was his greatest message last Sunday night. And he said, no, I think it was my meanest message. I said, no, pastor, we need the hard preaching of the word of God. Amen. And brother Rex, uh, what a message last Sunday morning on the resurrection. And uh, I'm going to be preaching about the cross today. Brother Milam, you and uh, brother Tyler, I think. The Lord was confirming in me just by some of the things that you said that that I have heard from God and I am in the right vein with God um, this morning for you. And I know a couple weeks ago, Brother Tyler's message, uh, what a powerful word of God. And I I know uh, as hard as 
this year has been with the election and all of that stuff. It's time to get our eyes on Jesus. Amen. So I appreciated that word that he preached. What a word. And uh, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what's happening with the government, all of that stuff. If you have your Bibles today, I want to go to Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5. Um, we could probably read the whole chapter and do a Bible study. Uh, I'm going to preach this morning. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5 says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. For our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I want to read one more scripture if you go over to Isaiah 52. I'm going to read from the NLT. Um, I think it brings out this point a little, a little more profoundly. Um, the King James Version uses the word visage, talking about Jesus' face. But here in the NLT it says, But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. I'm going to share this thought with you this morning. The dilemma of the cross. The dilemma of the cross. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. God, oh, if it wasn't for your blood, Lord, the blood that you spilled on Calvary, God, where would we be? We thank you, Lord, that you took it upon you to die on the cross, God, and spill your blood, and that you rose again on the third day that we might have life and life more abundantly. We thank you this morning, God. We just want to thank you, Lord. As Elder Lyle would say, I just want to thank you. And we thank you this morning, God, for your sacrifice. We love you. We praise you, God. Oh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As we consider our text from the book of Isaiah, it is noteworthy that Isaiah is considered by many scholars as the Holy of Holies of the Old Testament. The book is one of the deepest and most profound books of the Bible, and certainly of the prophets. The book even has 66 chapters, just like the Bible. The Bible has 66 books. but It has two main divisions, just like the Old and New Testaments. The first division contains 39 chapters, just like the Old Testament contains 39 books, and deals with the judgment of God on immoral and idolatrous men. The second division contains 27 chapters, like the New Testament contains 27 books, and presents the promise of a Savior who would redeem mankind from their condition of sin. The book of Isaiah is written with a very advanced vocabulary and articulation, and we can see such an immensely descriptive explanation of Jesus 
as the suffering Savior here in chapter 53. Specifically, Isaiah 53 is considered to be the high ground of Isaiah. It is an extremely intense, controversial, and dramatic chapter of Scripture. In fact, the Ashkenazi Jews, who were regionally located more in Germany and France, have omitted Isaiah 53 from their Scripture. But yet the Sephardic Jews, northern Africa, Spain, Portugal, have kept Isaiah 53 as part of their Scripture. There are two schools of thought from this chapter. Some Jews consider it to be the forbidden chapter, and they go from chapter 52 to chapter 54. They just skip it entirely. The other school of thought within the Jewish ranks is that Isaiah 53 speaks of Israel rather than Jesus in this chapter. However, as you read Isaiah 53 and study the chapter, you can see that it speaks of Jesus and Jesus as the suffering Savior. This chapter speaks of crucifixion, which was written 700 years before crucifixion was even invented. Stoning was the choice option of execution at the time Isaiah 53 was written. Furthermore, we see the importance of this chapter as it is referred to 85 times in the New Testament scriptures and is the most referenced Old Testament chapter in the New Testament. When we look at the scriptures today from Isaiah 53, we see a strong portrait of a prophecy that would detail in length the coming fulfillment of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without a doubt, we can see that Isaiah 53 speaks to the suffering of Jesus, and this was a messianic prophecy. Hallelujah. This chapter does not speak to the Messiah that Israel believed would soon appear on the scene. It speaks of a suffering Savior, a suffering Messiah. They were looking for a warlike David type of Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. This is not what Israel had planned for. To this day, Israel has rejected this reality of Jesus being their Messiah and has chosen to deal with the consequences of the wrath that was brought on by the cross. I'm going to read John 12, 37 through, the, through 43. I'm going to read it from the NIV just because it uses the name Isaiah. The King James uses Esaias, something of that sort. So a little bit easier to read in the NIV. It says, even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That scripture right there is in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is being quoted right there. For this reason they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so that they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. If you go to Isaiah 6, uh, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Yet at the same time, many 
even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear. They would be put out of the synagogue. What happened? For they loved human praise more than praise from God. If you want to be used by God in this hour, you better love the praise from God more than the praise from man. we got to get to a place in a closet, a secret place with God, where it's about you and your relationship with Him as pastor preaches all the time. It's not about you receiving the praises of man, but you need the praise from God. Hallelujah. The cross brings you to that place. Hallelujah. As we approach the last hour, the end of days, this dilemma of the cross becomes more and more apparent. There is a wrath of God that will be poured out on those who have not embraced the dilemma of the cross and given their lives over to the Lord. I don't want to be scary this morning, but there is a wrath. If you don't embrace the dilemma of the cross and come face to face with the cross, there is a wrath that awaits. It is a wrath that we can escape by embracing this dilemma of the cross and by coming face to face with the reality of what? Our sin and our humanity. No matter how holy of a life we live, we are still faced with the reality of our flesh. And the closer we come to God, the more we see our own condition and despair. We see the reality of our need for the Savior and our need for Him to be the only God in our life. Our lives are a picture of this prophecy. When we look at our lives, we have hopes and dreams and a vision of what we want our lives to look like. But what happens? So many times the landscape of our lives does not look like what we had hoped for and is filled with hardships and disappointments. When we look back at our lives, we can see some tough times and maybe even tragic times at some points. Things happened that we never wished for or desired. Things that would make us ask, why did this happen? Why, God, was I chosen to deal with this? However, we can look back at those times and see that it was Jesus himself that carried us through those times. Jesus never promised us an easy life without trials, struggles, and hardships, but he did promise us that he would walk with us and he would never leave us nor forsake us. When we look at the cross, we are faced with a dilemma. We are forced to look at the cross and come to terms with it or we are forced to reject it. The cross forces us to make a decision and deal with the treacherous disgust of our own sin, shame, and guilt. When we look at the cross, we can see that Jesus chose to bore our sin. He actually became sin for us. He took on the wrath of God on that cross. And the sin was laid on him as the perfect lamb for the sacrifice. He became the sin, the shame, and the guilt. So that we did not have to bear the penalty 
of this sin which would equate to the wrath of God. Come on, stay with me. I'm going to try to get through this this morning. Therefore, if you choose to reject the cross and deal with the sin on your own, then you are left to bear the wrath of the cross alone. And all of the abject tear that comes along with it. The cross will not go away. The decision will not go away. And the wrath will be waiting unless you choose that Jesus is my Savior and my King. And I allow His death on the cross to take away my sin and give me new life. Don't push this away. But embrace it and make Him your Savior today. Don't reject the dilemma of the cross, but embrace it today and come face to face with your need to allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. For us to make it, there is no place for other gods in our life. It is difficult enough with Jesus as the only God in our life because the enemy is going to fight tooth and nail to derail us from our destiny. So what happened? We must be prayed up, fasted up, and read up in this day and hour so that we can become overcomers, hallelujah, by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. By confronting this dilemma of the cross today, you can become an overcomer. You don't have to stay in your condition or stay in the mess or stay in the hang-up. But you can find freedom today by embracing the cross and allowing Jesus to be your Savior. Hear me out. You cannot save yourself. And you cannot bear the the wrath of the cross. It is simply too much. The wrath of the cross is too much. And Jesus was the only one that could bear it. It is too much for humanity to bear. There was only one who could take on that cross. And he held the weight of the world's sin upon him. The wrath of the cross was meant to deal with our sin. But Jesus knew we could not bear it. So he chose to bear it for us. He took our place so that we could live. Scott Graham, who is our uh, general secretary for the United Pentecostal Church International, he preached a message at Brother Bounds' church last week called, What Happened to the Blemished Lamb? Jesus was the unblemished lamb, the perfect lamb, yet he died. Yet he became the sacrifice. So what happens to the blemished lamb? The blemished lamb gets to live. What is that? It's simply amazing grace. Amen? Wow, it is simply amazing grace. Oh, hallelujah, there's some of you today that you have embraced this decision. Then allow him to continue to be your savior. Allow him to continue to be the king of your life. And realize that you play a vital role in helping others embrace this decision. Help others come to terms with the fact that they must face this dilemma of the cross. Be a cross bearer today. Hallelujah. Be a burden bearer today. Pick up your cross and follow after him. He said that he would make you a fisher of men. 
He would use you to help others face the dilemma of the cross and choose to allow Jesus to take away the sin for them so that they don't have to face the wrath of God that the cross delivers. Hear me out today. One of the greatest things, probably the greatest thing you can do is bring someone to the dilemma of the cross. You can't make that decision for them. But if you can bring them to that situation, if you can bring them to the dilemma of the cross, then you have done your job. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, 24 through 26, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up what? His cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If they came to me years ago and said, Bobby, you can preach the gospel or you can play in the NFL, I would have chose to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. This is a calling that is the greatest calling in the world. There is nothing greater. Hallelujah. Do not sell out God for what you want to do, but give your life over to God this morning because his ways are greater. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Hallelujah. Give your life over to him this morning. Come on. The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. We need to get back to being laborers for God and help people face this dilemma of the cross. If we would begin to understand the seriousness of the times we are living in and how near the coming of the Lord is, then we would sign up to be laborers today. We would register as his laborer today because we want to see people make it. God, where can I sign up? How can you use me? I'm here. I bring myself to you. Oh, here I am, Lord. Use me. I believe Isaiah told the Lord that. Oh, to use him. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Hallelujah. Philippians 2, 2 through 11. This is a lot of word, but I want you to get this scripture in, in you. Get this scripture as part of you. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. I'm so glad at this church that Pastor Heidebaugh, I thank God for you, that he is a, he has a servant's heart. Hallelujah. If you're going to be in ministry, hallelujah. If you have a calling from God, we got to get a servant's heart. How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I bring you to the cross? Oh, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. What, what does the Bible talk about here? The mindset, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Wow. And being found... In fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death 
of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you are here today and you have embraced the cross, you've, you've repented of your sins, you went down in Jesus' name in the water of baptism, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, then there is still a calling from the cross. And that calling from the cross is that you will become a burden bearer. I want to help somebody make it. I want to pray with somebody in the altar. I want to see them get over yonder one day. Oh, oh, help us, Lord. The calling of this dilemma is that not only we face it, but we help others confront the dilemma. That's why God has given us power. When we were filled with the Holy Ghost, He gave us power to be what? Witnesses of what Jesus can do for you by taking away your sin on that cross. He took away the wrath that would await you. If you, if you choose not to confront the dilemma of the cross, he took, he took that upon himself. But he can't force you to confront that dilemma. Jesus is calling for you to face the dilemma of the cross and respond to the gospel by receiving his grace through what? Faith. That faith response requires you to have an act of faith. It requires you to do something. And not just accept it. We hear a lot of people preach, accept the Lord. But there is a faith response. The dilemma of the cross forces you to confront it by acting upon the grace that he poured out. God poured out grace on us instead of the wrath. We deserve the wrath of God, but he chose to give us grace. How does this grace require you to respond in faith? It requires you to repent of your sins, to turn the other way. When you leave the altar, I'm not going back to it. I'm a new person, I'm turning, and I'm following God, and I'm walking with God. Pastor, I think you preached not too long. Walking with God. Jesus wants you to walk with Him day by day. Hallelujah. And then you got to be baptized in His name. There is water here today. What hinders you from being baptized today if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name? Today is the day that you can repent at this altar. You can have your sins washed away in the waters of baptism. And then you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He bestowed grace... By allowing God to crush him with the wrath of the cross. Don't reject this dilemma of the cross, but embrace it and respond to it. Make a decision this morning to repent if you need to repent. Make a decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus if you have not gone down in his name. 
Make a decision today to come to this altar and receive the Holy Ghost. If you have not received His Spirit, I don't know. You may get in the water and get baptized and He fill you right in the water. Hallelujah. Come on. It can happen. We are a book of Acts church. This, this church is not going to change its doctrine. What a great message last Sunday night, Pastor. We will march on. We are apostolic to the core. Trust me, you won't regret a decision to repent of your sins. You won't regret a decision to be baptized or receive the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. It will be the best decision you can make today. If you are here today and you have experienced a new birth, then help someone else experience it today. Or maybe you need another dose of repentance. Or how about another dose of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Come on. This altar is here today, and Jesus is waiting for you to confront the dilemma of the cross. Romans 6, 4 through 6, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together... And the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is what? It's crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. And that henceforth, we should not serve sin. There is freedom here today. You don't have to stay in your condition. You don't have to keep living in sin. God can bring you out of that sin this morning. You can be new. Hallelujah. You can get the joy and the peace of the Holy Ghost. Come on. When you leave that altar, oh, come on. All things are new. Come on. You don't have to stay in that condition. You don't have to stay chained and bound by the enemy. He has no power over you unless you allow him to have power over you. Some of you got to pray in mama somewhere. Some of you got to pray in grandma or a praying father or grandfather. Those prayers don't die. Those prayers live. Come on, church, don't give up on the backslider. Don't give up on the prodigal. Hallelujah. As I close out this message today, I ask you to look within. And confront the dilemma of the cross today. If you are here and you've not confronted this dilemma, then I implore you to confront this dilemma and make this altar your place of repentance today. And allow Jesus' sacrifice to take away the wrath of the cross for you. You can then be baptized and you can have those sins washed away. To never be remembered ever again. If you are here today and you've already confronted this dilemma, then I implore you to allow this altar today to become a place of commitment. I ask you to commit today. A commitment to the calling of this dilemma. That you're going to give your all to helping other people confront this dilemma so that they can be spared from the wrath of the cross.
Make a commitment today that you'll be a burden bearer and that you will pick up your cross and follow him. I'm going to close. Sister, man, I'm not going to sing this. I'm just going to read the lyrics. You guys don't want me to sing. But what a powerful song. I don't know if we can sing it, but I'm gonna, I'll read it. And then if you guys know the song, great. When I survey the wondrous cross, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss. Poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet or thorns composed so rich a crown. His dying crimson like a robe spread over his body on the tree. Then I am dead to all the globe and all the globe is dead to me. I think there's another verse, but I don't know. Maybe I forgot that page in my notes. <laughs> but let me say this today. I, as I was studying for this message, Think about this. When Jesus was in the garden and they came, they bound his hands. His hands were bound until he got to the cross. And then his hands were nailed to that cross. What is the last thing Jesus did with his hands prior to that? Peter cut off the ear of the centurion. And Jesus reached and he healed his ear. Wow, Jesus is always reaching for you. Jesus is always wanting to heal you. Jesus is always there for you. Please, I implore you today to not turn away from him, but come to the altar and embrace the cross of Jesus. Embrace the cross. Oh God, I don't want to face the wrath. Tell Jesus this morning, Jesus, take away my sin. I don't want to face the wrath of the cross. I don't want to reject the cross, but I embrace it. God, that you'll make me new. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. We're going to open these altars. And I ask you to confront Jesus himself this morning. And if you have embraced this decision, you're living a holy life. You love God then I ask you to come to this altar and make a commitment today that you're going to be the most sold out to God you have ever been. You're going to commit to helping others bear this burden. You're going to help others confront this dilemma. Let's pray. Jesus, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you put this scripture, this chapter right here in the book of Isaiah. Help us, God. Help us, Jesus, God.